Hey, I'm Jason Gray. Hey, this is Sarah Gross. Hey, I'm Andrew Osinga. Hi, this is Michael Carr. Hey, this is Andrew Peterson, and you're listening to Voices in My Head. And this is me, so let's have some exciting music. Who is me, you ask? Well, me is Rick Lee James, and this is my podcast, Voices in My Head. We've got a great show for you this week, so stay tuned. Welcome back to Voices in My Head, episode number 97. I am your host, Rick Lee James. We have a terrific show for you today with my guest, Dave Trout. Dave hosts a radio show called Under the Radar, which every week features gourmet music, and you're going to get to hear from him in just a few moments. But before we start, I want to remind everyone that my new book, Out of the Depths, A Songwriter's Journey Through the Psalms, is now available in hardcover. You can go to Amazon.com and just look up my name, Rick Lee James, or you can do it the longer way and type in Out of the Depths, A Songwriter's Journey Through the Psalms, and you'll be able to find my book. Maybe the hardcover is a little too pricey for you, but you're into ebooks. You can get it on Amazon.com for, I think, $7.99 right now. And if I'm not mistaken, you can get it for your Nook if, if you're not a Kindle user uh, at BarnesandNoble.com. Just go over there and look up Nook. And I think right now they have it on special for $6.99. So hopefully you can enjoy that. Uh, a reminder that Basement Psalms Live, the DVD, as well as the album that go along with that book are still available. Just go to Rick Lee James com, or here's something I'm going to let the podcast listeners in on. This is a very special thing. Top secret. Only you get to know about this and anyone else who reads my social media online. So pretty much everybody. But rickleyjames.bandcamp.com. You can go there for a special on getting not only the Basement Psalms album, but also a hardcover copy of the book. So just go right there, and you'll be able to get both all together as a package at rickleyjames.bandcamp.com. Our little secret. I don't want it to be a secret, though. Tell everybody you know. So... With that being said, commercials done, advertisement out of the way, we're going to sail on into my conversation with Dave Trout. He's a great guy, and he's got a lot of great things going on over at Under the Radar. It's an incredible radio show. If you're not in the area where Under the Radar is on your local radio stations and you like to listen to podcasts, uh, go to uh, iTunes or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Maybe it's Stitcher. Maybe it's ham radio i don't know however you listen to podcasts uh go there and look up under the radar you'll find his show there and you will not be disappointed bringing you great gourmet music every single week so without any further delay here's my conversation with dave trout host of under the radar My guest this week on the Voices in My Head podcast is Dave Trout. Dave hosts an incredible radio show called Under the Radar, which every week features gourmet music from artists that you know and love and maybe a few artists you've never heard of before. It's my pleasure to get to talk to him today about Under the Radar and some of the great things they have going on. So let's get right into my conversation with my guest, Dave Trout. Dave, welcome to Voices in My Head. Hey, thanks, Rick. Thanks for having me on the show. I feel a little intimidated today to have uh, somebody that has a voice for radio like you because uh, they're gonna they're gonna be thinking like wow we've gone professional this week here on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, 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 not at all. I in fact I I I definitely have a face and a face for radio 
and I, I always question if I have the voice for radio. I, I don't even know. I, I think I've been doing it long enough that I feel comfortable, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I feel like I am just, just a, you know, friend and music lover and, that's that's how you can think of me today. I, I'm I'm by no means a professional. <laughs> wow. Well, in my opinion, you are. You do a great job, and your show is wonderful. I, I've been listening to it for a few years now, and I have to give you credit because a few years back, um, I mean, you always introduced me to great artists, some that I'd never heard of before, and, and now he's well-known, but one of my favorite artists, Jason Gray, uh, I heard for the first time, I think, on Under the Radar, and I, I thought, wow, this is, this is a great show. I'm uncovering some new great people so sometimes i feel like you unearth some great artists before the rest of the world gets to know about them so uh so I, in my opinion you're you're kind of like the launching point let's put you that way so <laughs> but you that's do, really nice yeah that's that's fun i mean that's that's one thing that i love about the show and i do feel like and, and it's not just it's not just because of me i mean we have a great a great listener family that that and and other artists that really help to kind of bring some of those new artists to the surface and and uh and, and it's been cool because we have played a lot of artists that you know maybe have gained some notoriety like some names that come to mind are like you mentioned jason gray um jj heller uh josh garrels the civil wars um all those guys we were playing them you know a year or two before they really kind of made a big splash onto the scene so um, so yeah, it's been fun to sort of, uh, maybe be a, a little ahead of the curve in some cases. Sure. Well, and you know, it's, it's interesting that as, as my podcast has progressed through the years, uh, a lot of the guests I've had have been guests on your show and uh, I've even credited some of the relationships I've built with people, um, through the years. Like, um, I actually kind of met Nick Flora through your program and then we kind of met in Nashville and kind of became friends. And, uh, Andrew Greer, I've had him on my show. We're actually getting ready to do some writing together here in a few weeks. Um, people like Andrew Osang and different ones that, uh, I've developed relationships with partially because of your show. So I have to thank you for that. And then I, I even got to be featured on your Christmas show this year. So I was really excited about that. But, uh, you guys, do a great job on under the radar so first of all let me just say thank you for that because your whole your whole staff does a wonderful job thank you so much i i greatly appreciate that 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 warms my heart greatly to know that you know stuff way beyond our control and and new relationships are being formed i mean that that just is you know that that really does put wind in the sails so thank you very much well, before we get too much into uh, what goes on at Under the Radar and how the show goes into being and stuff, I thought we'd address a, a, an extreme important question uh, that <laughs> that, <laughs> that you can tell it's not really by the way I'm asking. But I know that you're you have actually written, I think it's on Twitter, about your love of pizza. And uh, oh yeah, yeah. So let, let's let's talk quickly about that, just for listeners that may not know. You have this real affection for pizza. So what I want to know from you is what's maybe the the strangest and maybe also the best combination of pizza that you've ever had. Ah, uh, okay. Well, I I am that that actually is a question that is far beyond my league of of <laughs> of pizza pizza and dumb i uh, i i am a keep it simple guy so oh, okay. um so so my my favorite pizzas are usually uh meat lover type pizzas so i love okay. you know sausage pepperoni ham 
bacon, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> Occasionally, you know, I, I, I've actually, at first I didn't really like, you know, things like pineapple and, you know, I didn't venture too far out into, into those pizza flavors. And I've, I've started to, I'm growing a little more accustomed to them, but, uh, but, you know, I, I've frequented some places like, you know, I know California Pizza Kitchen is mm-hmm. famous for kind of having like a wide menu with all these kind of crazy concoctions. And, you know, outside of what what in their world would be really tame, like barbecue pizza or, yeah. or you know, j- just something pretty plain, I, <laughs> I haven't really ventured into anything too crazy. But when it comes to if you're just looking for like, you know, a really good flavored pizza, you know, or, or what, what, what are people, you know, what pizza is really good? I, I mean, it's one of those things I could actually probably eat pizza every day of my life. That's how much I love it. It's just like, <laughs> it's, it's a part of my being. And, and I, yeah, if, if, if we're not talking music, we could talk pizza all day long. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm afraid, you know, that might be a little too esoteric for some listeners, but, you know, maybe another time we'll, we'll, ha- we'll start the pizza podcast or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> count me in. Count me in. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny because I, I've always liked pizza myself and I, I, I don't know too many people that don't. And I lived for a short time in North Carolina and I can't remember the name of the restaurant there, but they were kind of well known for having some of the weirdest toppings that you uh, have ever heard of. And things like grizzly bear, rattlesnake, you know, things like that were toppings. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, and I, I never was brave enough to actually go in and try anything like that. I'm pretty tame with my pizza choices as well. But okay, one last pizza question, and then we'll move on. I think I know because of the area of the country that that you live in, but Chicago style or New York style pizza. <laughs> I, do I have to even answer the question? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a hundred percent Chicago style pizza all the way. Oh man, that's that's the way to go. I mean, I can I can appreciate I can I can definitely appreciate appreciate thin crust pizza. In fact, most of the time I prefer it just because you know thick thick crust pizza. I mean, it can it can just it can kind of weigh heavy on you sure. and uh uh especially you know some of the crust and stuff they use in chicago i mean it 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 it's weighty so um you know, usually can eat one or two slices of of uh, deep dish pizza and you're you're down for the count so <laughs> uh so i love thin crust pizza too but um i i'm i'm okay i'm i'm an okay new york style guy but the the whole you know I don't think now now I don't know if it says this in the Bible or not but I think when you pick up a, a crust of a pizza it shouldn't flop downward you know that's just my 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 take like, I feel like it's got to be uh, sturdy enough that it it, it 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 holds up and it can make it to your mouth it doesn't get on your shirt so so New York style is just for the most part you know it can be really enjoyable but. Um, and, and really flavorful, but still, it's a little too thin and wispy for me. I, I prefer, even with thin crust, something that has a little more panache to it. Understood. Well, in my opinion, yeah. the, the best place to get New York is actually 
New York City uh, for pizza. If I go there, it's really good, but everywhere else it just seems like they don't quite have the magic that actual New York City has. So anyway, well, now that we're all hungry and everybody has pushed pause to go uh, buy some pizza, <laughs> uh, let's let's get into a little bit about Under the Radar. Now, you guys are, are actually part of a ministry that, that is run through Reframe Media. So tell us a little bit about what Reframe Media is and what it does. Yeah, it's it's a um, a media organization that's been around for a long time. In fact, we're coming up on our 75th anniversary. Um, so it it started in in pretty much the early days of radio, before TV was even around, and uh, and you know it started with just one teaching preaching program called the Back to God Hour. Um, now, the funny thing about that is the show was never an hour long. It was always a half-hour program in the whole history of the program. Uh, but everything back then was called something hour, you know, the old-time sure. gospel hour or <laughs> the Lutheran hour or whatever. Sure. So it was, it was called the Back to God Hour. And, uh, and over, the, over the decades, it kind of spurred into a bigger global ministry. And, and uh, there are right now 10 language groups that are represented in the ministry that are all, it's not a translation ministry, it's all indigenous leaders, mostly pastors that are leading, um, uh, you know, a media outreach in their native language. Um, so there's uh, 10 different languages. Obviously, it, with Reframe, it's, it's the English language area, and uh, so we, we focus mostly on creating programming that would be good for a, a wide audience and um, you know kind of meeting little niche audiences so we have everything from a children's program um, uh, for for young kids um, all the way up to kind of a more um, preaching teaching type um, uh, conversation that might be for an older generation we have daily devotionals and uh, uh, online interactive blogs and online magazines and a lot of different resources that will meet uh, people in different walks of life where they're, wherever they're at. So um, as as Reframe Media was being built um, and kind of it was kind of a restart uh, point in the organization and uh, this was only about six or seven years ago. We started to, uh, uh, I was hired on at that time. In fact, a lot of the staff that I work with were hired in that, like, one-year period. And we started to kind of rebuild and, and create some new programming and things. And uh, Under the Radar was an idea that I had. Um, and, and, and the organization wasn't doing anything with music. So I, I kind of pitched the idea, and they said, well, let's, it sounds good. Like, I mean, it's something different, something that's not out there. So let's. Sure. Let's create a couple, you know, demo programs that we can send to some radio stations and see if it would work and if it if it has uh, potential. And we got some really positive feedback from our initial recordings, and and it kind of was really fast tracked and got on the air pretty quickly because it's a it's a very cost efficient program. It doesn't it doesn't take um, we didn't have to hire any extra staff. I just sort of reorganized what I was doing at the organization and. Uh, and, and focus more on the program now. So, um, so yeah, it just kind of started pretty quickly. In fact, um, it launched right about my one-year anniversary on the job. So um, that's how fast you know the idea mm -hmm. came, and we just sort of developed it and, and got it on the air. So 
Um, so yeah, that's sort of the the connection to reframe. That's great. Now, now, how many? You may not know the number off the top of your head, but how many areas does Under the Radar get into? I, I guess not including the podcast because a lot of people listen to it on the podcast every week. But do you know, like, as yeah. far as radio play? Yeah, we we track the the radio outlets that we're on, and I think the number is. Uh, I don't have a very accurate count, but it's right around 240 stations right now. That's great. Um, that that air it, and and the the beautiful part about it is, we we have not ever and never really planned to pay for any airtime. So, hmm. um, there's a there's a lot of radio stations that you know if you want to be have have a syndicated program get played on the air, uh, you have to pay for every single time it it airs, and that's even for um you know, non-profit, you know, non-commercial or even Christian stations. Sure. They oftentimes uh, uh, make you pay to, to play. And it's actually a reason why Under the Radar isn't heard in too, in too many major markets uh, because still those stations are, are, you know, either they don't want to break their formats or they want you to pay a lot of money to be on the air. Sure. Um, but all the stations that are currently airing us, have done so because just because they like the concept of the show and they are, have donated their airtime uh, on the weekend to play it. So it's a it's a very meaningful uh, you know growth that we've had. Um, and even though it's you know smaller mom and pop type stations and small markets, that you know we we uh, rejoice every time you know a new station makes that commitment and signs up. That's really great. And uh, now tell us a little bit about because um, I know that it's it's not just you. You're the voice that we hear every week, but you've already referred to some of your staff. Maybe give us uh, just kind of what goes on in a week or however long it takes to prep a show. Uh, maybe tell us a little bit about your staff and kind of what goes into that. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, it's mainly um, just two people. Hmm. Uh, myself, I'm I'm you know, the only one that's full-time working on Under the Radar. And um, and then my assistant is uh, uh, Kelly. Uh, you've heard me maybe mention her on the sure. air. She's been a guest on a couple times. And she um, she's part-time but is a really hard worker, does a great job. And um, she mostly focuses on um, all of our online stuff. So, if you're um, if you're checking out a video that we post on our website or um, even the episodes that we post, like she kind of has her hands in everything that goes online. So um, so she's you know very helpful that way. And obviously she also helps in uh, when we're planning different concerts in the area or um, you know just even someone I can bounce ideas off of. So so she's a, she's around um, every day to help out and then. Um, our uh, one of the names that I mentioned on, at the end of our show as a thank you is a guy named Mark, sure. and he's our production manager here, and he actually manages the production on a ton of programs that our organization produces. So not just under the radar, but um, he he helps oversee some of the th- some of the more technical production side of things for. Even some of the programming that's produced in Chinese and Spanish and uh, in other languages in our building, um, he helps uh, with a lot of that. So, um, so that's uh, in a nutshell, you know, the people that are that are most focused on under the radar. Great. Well, that's awesome. Well, I I didn't realize there was. Uh, 
so so few, but at the same time, yeah. at the same time, I mean, you've got such a, a wide reach of people, so that's really awesome. Because, um, I mean, your your show actually does a great job of bringing um, not so much as we would traditionally in a lot of places just say like Christian music, but you're bringing music that's done by Christians and it's done well, and uh, and it's good art, which I always feel like Christians should be at the forefront of making good art, and so I really appreciate that about the show because it's, uh, again, it's just not something you're going to hear every day on maybe some uh, huge major mainline station or something like that, so um, now, now let me ask you this, because you, I, I actually value your opinion uh, above a lot of people because of just the, the great stuff you bring week after week. How do you personally personally define gourmet music or what is it that you look for when you're looking for gourmet artists so to speak for your show yeah um well music is so tricky because for the most part it's really subjective and uh in fact you know a lot of people won't even give a music show a chance just because nobody wants to be told what good music is yeah because everyone's tastes are different so so um this is kind of how how we look at it and and it's and it's really uh you know there it's it's very loosely defined but um we we think of it as um the easiest way to think of it is uh we look for music that will matter 50 years from now hmm. and um and there's there's you know some some music that's that we play probably um and and some music that you for sure would hear on on the FM dial that is going to be short lived it's stuff that it's, it's it's fun for a moment but you know it doesn't it wasn't written with longevity in mind sure um it, it was it was you know by definition you know pop music is sort of there and and it's disposable um and you know i i i love finding songs that are so well crafted whether that's lyrically um you know a creative creative in their musical arrangements um um you know maybe even just taking some risks that that really um turn your head, make you kind of go, oh, this is so compelling, so interesting. And and for the most part, the stuff that people are taking the time to craft really well is going to be the stuff that's going to last the longest and be meaningful in people's lives for years from now. I'm, there's, there's songs that are meaningful to me right now this year that I can almost guarantee you, I, you know, two or three decades from now, those songs will still have meaning in my life. And I might even be discovering new things in them because they're so layered and interesting and um, written in, in such a, a unique way. So um, so loosely, that's kind of what we're looking for. Yeah. Well, that's great. And I, you know, as you were talking about that, I was thinking about a section of your show uh, that's called uh, Radar Rewind. And uh, in each week, you tend to play a section that a segment of a song or a song from like artists like uh rich mullins which i always love and rich mullins comes up in the mix or i think this past week it was uh charlie peacock who you had on the show and talk yeah. about you know it's kind of a, a for instance to me and in what you're just talking about of songs that are going to stand the test of time and uh you think about artists like that and writers and things like that Some, sometimes it's a 
it's a real slow burn with songs. You know, it's not always the ones that are, are making the biggest splash. Uh, it, it's not necessarily what you're going to think of and what you're going to hear years down the road. I, I always find it interesting that the way that music is right now, where independent artists uh, are so prevalent in so many ways and everybody, it seems like, is is fighting for a spot where somebody can hear them. It's interesting to see which ones do ultimately rise to the top. And it's not always the artists that have the greatest amount of splash and flash, but they really are the ones that's kind of like they just started sort of rise to the top just because of who they are. And quality tends to do that as a as a matter of time goes by. Yeah, that's really true, and and you know it's an interesting time as well, just because I mean I I've had some discussions with some of the artists that we play, you know, so probably even some of the same names that you've interviewed on your show, mm-hmm. and um and and I've asked them a little bit about that, and and there is sort of an internal um trigger that goes off as far as you know one of the problems with indie music nowadays is that. It, it really rewards good marketers and good people that are kind of know how to how to promote themselves in a and not a sleazy kind of car salesman way, but just uh, but know how to get their name out there, know how to get their music heard, and and yet there are some really really great songwriters that spend you know the majority of their time working on their craft. And and almost by nature, if that's kind of the the way you you're wired creatively, you're probably not also wired to be a good marketer. So yeah. there there is a you know, and that's where I feel like a show like Under the Radar and what you're doing with your podcast, and and that hopefully there's other voices that will develop. We, we need to have more people kind of rising up to say. You know, some of these artists need some cheerleaders and yeah. some champions to kind of come alongside and, and, and just give some encouragement and maybe, maybe you know, get some more ears listening to them because they can't do it on their own. And so I think together collectively, if there's, if there's a, you know, a community of people that, are, that love finding good, rich, meaningful arts, I think then it's... It's just wonderful if we can bring more people to the table to enjoy that art. Oh, definitely. Well, and you know, I was just thinking about um, our mutual friend Andrew Osinga, who is uh, currently currently touring with Stephen Curtis Chapman as his guitar player. And I saw him a, a few weeks ago at Andrew uh, Peterson's Christmas show that he does, "Behold the Lamb." And after the show, we were talking a little bit, and he said, uh, "He said, yeah, our first show with Stephen in January is Carnegie Hall." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, wow, that's amazing!" <laughs> but then I was thinking, on by the same token, somebody like him that that's such an amazing artist. I mean. His Leonard the Lonely Astronaut Project, which I believe Under the Radar sponsored that tour that he did. Um, yeah. You know, I, I feel like, gosh, that just – I don't know why because it's an amazing album. But I know for him, he feels personally feels like it, like he was sort of a disappointment because it, it never reached kind of what his vision was. And I, I think sometimes it's partially what you're talking about. If the cheerleaders don't jump on board and really, you know, let people know this is this is good stuff worth listening. Unfortunately, we miss some amazing stuff. Now, now, in my opinion, Leonard the Lonely Astronauts one of the best albums to come out that whole year. You know, I I think it's just incredible, and I was telling everybody about it all the time. But you know that that same year, it was, uh, you know, it's like all you're really hearing about in the headlines is whatever is popular on the on MTV or <laughs> whatever they're pushing. You 
know, whatever markets in that way. So I think it's a real shame that we're we're missing a lot of people sometimes because they they may not have the hugest label in the world. Yeah, so. yeah, and I. I think the music scene has changed so much that, and it's and it's hard for probably someone like Osinga to kind of think in this terms. Well, I mean, it's it's very difficult because obviously, you know, your career and your your livelihood is built into a new project and a new tour and a new album and record sales and all that kind of stuff. So so you want it to to do well, but you know, I I I am in agreement with you that it that it is. Uh, like that project in particular is so meaningful and so important and um, is so well done that um, the payoff will just come over a longer period of time. Sure. So um, it's, and it's hard to, it's hard to be okay with that as an artist because everything is built on, you know, I mean, literally everything is built around, around the first day your record goes on sale. Yeah. You know, I mean, everything declines from that point forward. So, mm. however, you know, it's almost like when a movie is released, whatever they do opening weekend, you know, that's that's all that really matters because yeah. that's going to that 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 defines the success of the entire project. Where, you know, there are think of, you know, think in, in the movie world, there are so many movies that were a quote-unquote failure at the box office that are just classics and are meaningful and people still engage with the art today, um, whereas some of the biggest you know blockbusters you know are, are just collecting dust. So I I feel like that's what Leonard the Lonely Astronaut is in particular, and probably a lot of the music that gets released, it's not going to have a big splash the first year it's out in most cases. Um, but it's going to be the music that people are still pulling out and caring about, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now, engaging with, while while maybe their the Katy Perry album that they own is is collecting dust in their drawer, you know that that Leonard CD is going to still, you know, it's going to stand the test of time. You yeah. can listen to it and tell this is going to stand the test of time, and there's always something new you kind of get out of it. And that's, man, that is like the definition of what you know the kind of music. W- we just love to gravitate towards. Sure, and you know, and there's and there's a real maturity to uh, to some of your gourmet music that you pick. I'm just gonna keep calling it that because that's what you guys call it, and I think it's so good. Yeah. There's there's such a, a, a matureness to it that um, I I don't know if it'll work for everybody because I'm not sure everybody's that mature to understand you know the the deeper things that are going on there. But I do think what you said um, it, it's gonna stand a lot further than you know. <laughs> you're not gonna go to I kissed a girl and I liked it when you're having a crisis, you know, or something like that. Yeah, when, when yeah, you just mentioned, totally. Although you could you could totally go to, uh, you know, some of the soul-searching depths of, uh, you know, I, I think of even like um, uh, Nick Flora's new album, the the reintroduction of, of Nick Flora and some of the stories about family that, that he shares on there. And they're just so personal and they're uh, things that stick in your mind. And, and uh, people like Eric Peters that you've highlighted on the show, you know, numerous times. And they're, they're just good storytellers. And they, you know, we talked about movies and they almost do 
uh, in their writing what a movie will do. You know, the, the narrative that they yeah. tell, it just really sticks with you. So, well, well, let's, let's talk a little bit before we have to, to hang up and, and end our conversation today about something you have, uh, to actually highlight some artists that is a, a way that people can actually go and be a part of, uh, a setting together called Escape to the Lake. Let's, let's hear a little bit about what's going up with this year's Escape to the Lake. Oh man, we are so excited! It's it's uh, last year was our very first year doing it. We we decided to create sort of an, uh, a place and a an, uh, gathering where we could um, welcome uh, under the radar listeners and and just people maybe who find out about it who love the idea of of good music and and just you know a nice scenic retreats that could just be a, a, a recharge for them, whether that's emotionally or spiritually or just musically and just getting kind of recharged. And so um, we uh, started a partnership with um, this, this wonderful campground called Conference Point Center, which is in southern Wisconsin. Um, it's on this you know, beautiful 21-acre uh, property. It's, it's a 140-year-old old Bible camp that... Um, for the most part, I mean, the, the quick version is um, it, it kind of went into bad management for, for decades. Um, it was kind of poorly managed, and the buildings were falling apart, and, and, and the whole property was on the verge of just kind of going into ruins. And, um, and just through some prayer and, and, I mean, really the council of finally some, you know, godly, people that came to the rescue of this property, uh, they donated the whole land over to um, to somebody who could manage it really well, which was the Lake Geneva Youth Camp um, that had been around for 70 years, and they um, knew how to run a camp. So anyway, they came in uh, just a few years ago, maybe five years ago, and they're in the process of of reclaiming this land to use for the Lord again, and they're pouring in millions of dollars into um, uh, renovating the property, and uh, um, and so it was just exciting to, for us to say, yeah, we want to be a part of that story, and we would love to start an event that could that could possibly you know meet on these grounds for years and years to come. So uh, we. Um, and we actually first talked about it not long, not much more than a year ago, and we just quickly put the plans in place to uh, for our first escape to the lake, which was a ton of fun. Um, you know, we didn't have as much time to get the word out about it, so it there wasn't as many people as we would have loved to have there. Um, but besides that little point, I mean, the artists were fantastic. The community was great. It was it was a great just um launching point for us so um so this year we we knew that we really wanted to kind of up the amperage a little bit sure. and uh um and really not only make the event successful fiscally for us um and by successful i mean let's break even <laughs> uh and uh um and and really it's it's a non profit event anyway. Any any proceeds go directly back into the ministries behind it, um Reframe Media and and Conference Point Center. Um and uh so this year we um we're really hoping to grow it as well as um uh bring together an exciting lineup. So um in short, it's about three and a half days of 
of just uh, a great community setting. It's like a, almost like a a summer family camp mixed with a music festival, mm. and uh, and we uh, we try to find really good, rich, meaningful artists that that like you said are great storytellers and and are are community minded. Just love hanging out with people. So um, this year we have some great names coming. Um, Sarah Groves is one. Um, Eric Peters, you mentioned him. Yeah. Uh, he's coming. Um, he was there last year as well. Um, we have um, a, our, our most recent interview episode was with Julie Lee, mm-hmm. and she's coming uh, as well. Um, we have Andrew Greer, another name you mentioned, oh, is, yeah. is coming. Uh, uh, the group Water Deep, um, mm-hmm. who we love, Don and Lori Chaffer, they're just... They're sort of like icons in the world of uh, independent gourmet music. Sure. And uh, um, and uh, I'm really excited. We're going to have Burlap to Cashmere there oh, wow. as well. Very cool. Um, which which they're just one of. I mean, they're legendary as far as their like live performances go. Um, one of the best live bands that have ever you know. In, in Christian music history, so, so, um, and there's there's a few more names coming too. So uh, it's going to be a great setting and environment, and uh, um, we're really excited to see if. I mean, we're really hoping that it'll be a sellout. We only have about 160 or so slots available, hmm. um, registrations available for for this year. So, um, so there, there's a good chance we might sell out. Um, so that's great. That's what we're hoping for. Yeah. All right. Well, now I assume if somebody wants to uh, get tickets for this and be a part, they can go to radarradio.net and uh, find the information there. Just look up Escape to the Lake. Is that correct, or is there something else they need to do? Yeah. In fact, uh, we even made it simpler. You can go to. We have a website set up called escapetothelake.net. Oh, great! Um, so you can just click in that, and there's there's a like a highlight video from last year, um, and uh, all the pricing and registration info is there. We a- actually have our full schedule posted there now too, so you can see kind of what goes on during the day. There's breakout sessions and um, you know meal times together, late night campfires. Um, there's lots of recreational activities, so it is just. It is a total blast. So almost everybody that came last year said, "Oh my goodness, we're coming back for sure this next year." So, uh, so yeah, I, I hope that your listeners um, will have a chance to check it out, and it might just be like the perfect thing that they need for the middle of the summer to to just get hit that refresh button and enjoy uh, a little escape to wisconsin well that sounds great we we had uh i'm excited to hear that sarah groves is going to be there we had her on the show maybe gosh probably a year and a half ago and it was the the week she had just played at the white house at the president's prayer breakfast that week and so it was really cool to get to hear her tell some stories about that but uh but our listeners uh know her and a lot of the other artists you mentioned i remember nick flora telling me uh, last year at escape to the lake that uh, your camera crews grabbed him and kidnapped him for the afternoon, and they went and made a music video, and uh, that was on your website for a while there. So lots of lots of fun stuff happening there, and you get to interact with some of your favorite artists. So I want to encourage all of our listeners to go and check that out. And like you said, there's only about maybe 160 slots left, so get get in early, and you'll make sure to have your spot. So 
Great. Yep, definitely. Awesome. Well, it has been a real pleasure. And uh, actually, just before I go, I want to make a, a one quick announcement to the listeners before we say goodbye to Dave today. I just want to remind uh, all listeners out there that my new book, Out of the Depths, A Songwriter's Journey Through the Psalms, is now available in hardcover. You can go to Amazon.com and pick that up there. And there's a few other stores throughout the country that are selling it uh, in brick-and-mortar stores. But you for sure can get it at Amazon.com. Also, so it's available in digital form in uh, just about every format you can imagine. The Barnes & Noble Nook, the Amazon Kindle, uh, or just go online. You'll be able to find more information at rickleejames.com. Uh, so as we end the show today, just let me say thank you again, Dave, and uh, thank you for your fantastic show. Uh, I listen to it often, and I'm, I'm so glad to have you here today just to get to share a little bit more about it. Any closing words or thoughts that you would like to share with the listeners of Voices in My Head today? Uh, I just want to say thanks to you guys and, um, my, my greatest encouragement that I can give you is come visit me and get some deep dish Chicago style pizza. <laughs> we'll have a great conversation and, um, and, and it, the pizza itself will change your life. That's all you need to know. <laughs> That's great. Well, that sounds really good. Well, thank you for being one of the voices in my head today. Thank you. You've been listening to voices in my head the official podcast of Rick Lee James. If you'd like to know more about me, my ministry, my music, my life, go to my website at rickleejames.com. And I'd love this to be a community experience, so if you call 937-505-0162, you can leave feedback, you can give me suggestions for future shows, you can even record comments that I can play on the next podcast. So let's make this something really great together. 937-505-0162. Thank you so much for listening to Voices in My Head, the official Rick Lee James podcast. God bless.